welcome to the first episode of Every Person's Guide to Doctor Who. I'm your host, Suzanne, and I'm here with Gabe. How you doing, guys? This podcast is all about the Doctor, his companion, and the larger theories behind the show in each episode. I have been watching the show for less than a year. I've been watching the show for about six years now. And I've watched seasons one and two, and Gabe has watched up to season season seven. Uh, this podcast will contain spoilers for this season and this episode. Alrighty, guys. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. We are talking about the first episode of the return seasons of Doctor Who, starting in 2005. Season one, episode one, Rose. Quick little recap of the episode. We start off the episode seeing a woman going through her normal everyday life, going to go have lunch with her boyfriend, working at the shop. As she's about to leave the shop, she gets a mysterious little package. She has a run-in with some plastic alien enemies down in the basement. From there, she meets an eccentric man who seems to be solving and knowing everything that's occurring. He then blows up a building like a terrorist. She goes back home traumatized and talks to her parents, her mom, in fact, and her mom decides that she deserves compensation instead of actually caring what occurred to her. Her boyfriend comes over, not really paying attention, more so just say, hey, you all right, and then wants to go to a game. Very quickly after, Doctor joins her in her home to find out she has more alien stuff nearby her, and he's tracked, her, tracked it back to her place. They kind of convene together to figure out what the solution is to this alien problem as she slowly learns that he is an alien, and aliens do exist. She encounters a TARDIS where she gets to really actually believe in what is occurring at that time and being they leave the TARDIS she helps him figure out what's causing the signal to be outputted they find the mastermind to the entire project and they successfully defeat him and she decides to take off with the doctor all right guys we're gonna go ahead and go through a few key points of this episode our thoughts and our beliefs starting off with Suzanne Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about with you, Gabe, is the doctor himself. Okay. Um, the first note that I took when I was watching it is that uh, when the when they first show the doctor on the screen, mm-hmm. it literally took me like three seconds to recognize him as the doctor because I've been so caught up in season two and uh, the new doctor that uh, shows up, mm-hmm. but um, or the reincarnation of him. Um, so when I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what he used to look like. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, that's the thing. If you guys haven't seen the any of the Doctor Who episodes before, watch them. But the Doctor does reincarnate. He changes his face. And so going back to season one is always interesting because you're meeting Eccleston again for the first time. Yeah. And something I really like about rewatching these episodes is catching things I totally missed the first time, but I missed it simply because... I haven't seen the show before, so you don't get what they're talking about until you rewatch it. Um, and my favorite uh, example of that is when the doctor is at Rose's house or her flat, mm-hmm. and he is like going through her kitchen, looking at all her stuff, and he looks in the mirror and makes a comment about his looks, and he says, "Oh, something about his ears, like mm-hmm. they're not too bad." Yeah. And now, and now knowing what I know, I realize that he must have just gone through a reincarnation but i don't think i know why yet because i don't think i'm at that part maybe i am well no so this is the new doctor so remember the the show did finish it stopped premiering episodes it was not canceled but they stopped making episodes and then that was in the 90s i want to say or maybe a little bit before the 90s maybe the 80s no it had to be 90s um anyways but that was with the seventh doctor 
that series finished. It was not canceled, but it did finish. And then it started again in 2005 with Eccleston. So he is in reincarnation. I thought this was like remaking the show. That's why I told you. Without, there is a pause, but it is the longest running TV show ever. It started way early in the 40s, 50s, yeah. When I was researching um, season one, I read that he's like, this is the ninth reincarnation of him. Yeah, he's the ninth doctor. I apologize. Okay. Correct, yeah. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about right off the bat is the first thing that you see with the doctor, and that's one of the, my favorite things that with every doctor thereafter is th- immediately the doctor tests everybody. Yeah. When the doctor is without a companion, it looks like he tests in, in, within seconds, and then when he is with a companion, he tests within minutes. But the first thing that he did when he went into that elevator... Yeah, I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm, and he's, Rose points out, like, are they students? And then he immediately asks her why. He's looking for a logical mm-hmm. response. Yeah. It's, it's it's truly incredible. I love it. I do too. I like, um, I wanted to talk more about the elevator scene yeah. when we talk about Rose, but I like, I noticed how inquisitive she is and I think the doctor really likes that. Maybe it's part of his ego because he already knows everything and it's nice to have someone like ask you and genuinely want to know mm-hmm. and curiosity is a good thing in his case, I suppose. Well, I think that, so that's something that we learn, right? In this episode, I, and this is one of the reasons I love the first episode so much is because anybody who's never watched Doctor Who can come into this and completely experience everything. So you just said he knows everything, right? The problem with knowing everything is you don't know where to process that information. So later on in the episode, uh, when they leave the TARDIS and they're looking for the control tower for this signal, the radar dish, Mm -hmm. he knows exactly what it looks like, exactly how big it needs to be, the fact that it needs to be in the center of London, but he can't realize that it's the London Eye. Right behind him. Correct. That's just because he, he does know too much. And so he needs somebody who thinks logically, but thinks in steps. And that's why I love that scene in the elevator so much, because he immediately tests her, asks her why she thinks it's students, sees her response, sees that it's logical, knows it's incorrect, but thinks that it's a good, good, uh, good play there. Yes, and I want to add more about how Rose is like the perfect companion yeah, later, and you already know that. So Look, far, knowing what it. I know, she's like my favorite companion, and yeah. I only really know that but from yeah. knowing two people so far. Um, so I'm super biased, but I'm definitely attached to Rose right now. Um, also, when the doctor was in the kitchen, I thought it was funny that he was like flipping through a magazine and he made a comment about this like celebrity couple and he said the guy was gay and the girl was an alien. Yep. But he said it in passing. And when I first saw this show uh, or this episode for the first time, I thought I assumed that everyone knew aliens already existed. So he was just openly saying like, yep. oh, this, she's an alien. Nope. Everyone was uh, con- there was a consensus consensus on that. Nope. But um, uh, then now I realize she's probably the alien he's talking or speaking of is probably um, one of the not uh, Slitheens, but what was the plant? The one with the really long name. The, the Slitheen are from Rock of Flight. Oh, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's probably not. Oh, OK. Because remember, the Slitheen are fat alien creatures inside of they have to be inside of fat people because they need the room to stuff their bodies into. Oh. It's just an alien. There's a lot of aliens that look human. Yeah. There's just an alien. But that was that was really mm-hmm. funny, too, that he already knew that. Also, the comment of being gay. Remember, this is 2005. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a celebrity couple. He's gay and she's an alien. <laughs> so that they don't, they push it, you know? They push yeah. the limit. And that was, that was something I really, really enjoy is that right off the bat, he's like, all right, cool. Gay in the show. Right off the bat, alien in the show. And it's like a celebrity couple that people worship. Don't even know. He's gay and she's an alien. That's funny. 
Um, yeah, I didn't realize that how scandalous the gay part would have been for 2005. Yeah. Also, I thought it was funny the computers. Well, we'll talk more about the computers later because we saw Rose Google. Google yeah, we, I mean, we can talk. We can jump around. Um, but the computer that they're using, I was like, gosh, that looks like a computer from the 80s. And I'm like, oh wait, it's done. No, that was that was a very modern computer gosh, from 2005. That's so, that's so funny. You do have to remember too, in 2005, internet in London was horrific. It was horrific everywhere, but London has always had terrible internet because it's an island. So they have to transfer data through the transatlantic mm. cable. Yeah. Um, the website that Rose was using to Google search the doctor mm-hmm. was uh, wise-search.net. Yep. And the W, the S, and the N were all bold, which yep. I was trying to figure out if there was like a secret meaning behind that, but I don't think there is. There might be. I have no idea. Um, I do know that it was representative of like the Ash Jeeves and all that stuff at the time. Cool. Um, one more thing I wanted to say about the, about the doctor because I thought it was really uh, interesting and on, it's more of a serious, on a serious note. Go for it. But um, so Rose uh, found this guy. Oh, she did the Google searching for the doctor and she mm-hmm. found a website uh, with someone who was looking for more information on anyone who's seen the doctor. And yes, they put a did. picture of his, they put a picture of his face. So she followed up with him and she went to his house. Mm-hmm. And um, so the guy's name's Clive, and she, uh, so the Clive's like giving her more information on who the doctor is and his background, and I thought it was really interesting that he said um, to Rose, uh, the doctor has one constant companion, and I'm like, and I thought he was referring to like, he always has like a girl with him, which Mm -hmm. I knew, and uh, she replies, who's that? And he says, death. Yep. And uh, so I thought that was really interesting. I mean, obviously, from what I've seen so far, there's like death and all of that in every episode simply because there's there's this war going on. But I don't know if that means Well, there is no war. What? There is no war. Well, I mean, like from the different episodes that we've seen in all the different time periods, there's conflict, right? That's what I really mean, conflict. There is conflict. But that's that's the thing you have to think about is that the, the doctor, no matter where he goes somebody dies always that is his one consistent companion i actually made a point on that um that so when the, when rose goes into the tardis for the first time it's because she's trying to escape plastic mickey right and then she starts freaking out after the doctor pulls his head off rightfully so because she just ripped the head off of her boyfriend that she didn't know was plastic to be fair she's kind of stupid because the robot has a spaz attack but you know whatever um so she gets inside the tardis and she's, she's crying and she's kind of freaking out and then she gets mad at him because he's holding the plastic head and hooking it up to wires and completely forgets that that was her boyfriend, right? Completely loses it. And something I wrote in here is that the doctor shows his inability to think on a micro scale just immediately. He's too too focused on macro because if you think about it, he has to save most of the universe almost every day of his life. Mm -hmm. So one person dying, even directly in front of him, does not matter. It doesn't yeah. matter to him. And uh, what I actually put in here is he doesn't care about casualties, but he cares about individuals. And that kind of goes further along in the episode, and we talk about that a little, a little bit. But isn't his whole like thing is that he's trying to save societies and save humanity or save planet Earth? He's specifically trying to save humanity. Okay. Only. So, but it, the way he looks at it is like one person dies is okay as long as he saves 12 million. Or two. Yeah. He's trying to save the human race specifically is what he's trying to save. But sh- why? Well, I'll talk more. About, I'll ask more about that later. Yeah, we'll we talk, talk about, about that in another episode. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. 
that'd be a good one for the next episode. So going back to the doctor real quick, um, I have a couple more points here. Uh, I, one of my favorite things is, is his introduction to the TARDIS. Every doctor does it different, but it's always the doctor's favorite part. And I, I just love seeing how different doctors react to the TARDIS. And in this season, you get to see Eccleston introduce the, the TARDIS to other people. The TARDIS time, to re- time and relative dimension in space. His little uh, time machine police box. And the, the I love it because he starts the hooking up Mickey's dead brain into everything while she's freaking out about the side, looking down kind of like a kid who's showboating, but does try not to show. And he's like hiding his smile under his work. Yeah. And then when he's confident on everything he does, he turns around and is like, OK, what do you want to know? What is it? Oh, it's a spaceship. Is it alien? Yes. Am I alien? Yes. It stands for time in relative dimension space. Okay, let's go. And he flicks a switch and then they vamp out of there. But that's like, he it's his favorite thing always. It's just, all right, let's wait for their reaction. <laughs> okay, and good, they've reacted. Yeah. All right, let's go. He cuts straight to the chase. He's, he likes it though, because he, he, the doctor, especially Eccleston, loves having fun. Fun yeah. is kind of his big thing. He loves enjoying fun things like that. And I think he, that's his form of amusement is getting, eliciting a reaction from his companion. But I think he he looks to his companion. He wants a companion who's quick to accept what he's telling them, right? Like, I'm an alien. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I accept it. He, and if he can't, can't have someone then, who Yeah, delays. if you hesitate, then yep. in season, you're going to get in the way. In season three, episode two, I believe, um, the episode where we first get introduced to a newer companion later on, she... She's walking around with someone. They both meet the doctor yeah. at the same time. And the second person questions the doctor's action twice. Yeah. And then when he makes a decision, he said, not you. You'll only slow us down. Stay here and breathe. And she's always erring on the side of, of caution. Yeah. But she, the, the second person is, yeah. yeah, you know. Well, yeah. So she's he, always she's always thinking like, what if, what if, what if. Correct. And she's like holding the other girl back. And the person he decides to take as his companion is like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, the doctor really shows that kind of. Kind of quickly, yeah. it's like he he will not care. Um, just speaking in the same vein, actually, in the TARDIS scene, there's so much concrete stuff that happens that portrays who Eccleston is as the Doctor. Um, in the TARDIS, he almost immediately loses interest in Rose when she shows human emotion. When she gets sad about Mickey, oh, yeah. he gets upset. Yeah. And then when they leave the TARDIS and she's still sad and she realizes she has to call his mom, he gets more upset. And he's just tired of, why do I have to deal with this domestic bullcrap? Because the doctor, he doesn't really care about love, you know? Yeah, but I do like that he gave her a second chance when he came back in the... Like, after he he asked her to come with him and she was like, Oh, yeah, no. I want to talk about that. And yeah. um, she then he came back and was... And what was the... Uh... Well, he wasn't... He didn't give her a second chance. So, let's talk about that real quick. So, I wrote it down here. So, uh, right at the end of the episode, we get to see the doctor trying to convince Rose to come with him. And he talks about it like it's the best thing in the world. And we get to see other planets. It's constantly dangerous. There's all this cool stuff. There's a whole universe out there. Blah, because blah, blah, it blah. is the best thing in the world. I mean, yeah, <laughs> comparatively. Um, but Rose then gets kind of hug-tackled by Mickey, and, and she realizes, oh, no, I have a life. I can't go. I'm sorry, Doctor. And then we get to see, for the first time ever in this whole reboot of this, or recontinuation of the series, him, his genuine sadness. He gets sad, actually looks down, and then closes the door. Um, he, he's upset. And then the doctor he super quickly returns and shows how badly he wants a companion who's worthwhile. And he attempts to make it better, just like a kid who's trying to come up with one more reason of yeah. something. Like, but, 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 you know? Yeah. He comes back and he's like, 
did I mention it can travel in time? And then she's like, sold. Exactly. And that's like, his, that's like his like trump card. That's his win everything card. He's like, by the way, I can travel in time. You can take and it I, or leave it. I like how the, uh, his first selling point, we can go anywhere in the world. That just wasn't enough for her. She's like, no, I'm good. Thanks. Well, because you can't think about it, right? Like you can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. Anywhere A, a human in the can't world. comprehend. Not anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the universe. Oh, I think. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. remember. No, he said anywhere in, the, oh. in, anywhere in the stars, I think is what he said. And she was like, no, I'm good. Because you can't Thanks. comprehend that. Like, yeah, you can't true. comprehend And besides, what... it seems like everything out there is, there's nothing out there, right? Correct. But everybody... No matter how young or how old, once you learn about time travel, you're interested. You're like, that That sounds like something cool. It sounds like something I'd like to do. And so he, he's like, and rope, come back in. <laughs> <clears throat> Real quick, I want to uh, hit on, do you have a few more doctor points? Because I have a couple doctor points. Uh, that were, that were, that were uh, sorry, those were my main points regarding the doctor. Okay. Um, so I want to talk real quick. And one last thing about the doctor, just because the, <laughs> this... And the more I watch this, I've seen this episode probably four or five times now. <laughs> the more I watch it, the more you get to see true, very concrete emotions right in the beginning. So what I mean by concrete is a lot of shows will have something happen in an episode and then it it's never affected on any other episode ever again, pretty much. And in this episode, when the plastic monster being is looking up at the doctor and opens up the thing and see, shows his TARDIS and the monster is freaking out, mm-hmm. the doctor starts to cry scream. And you see not fear. He's not afraid of dying. He's not afraid of the plastic monster. He is super super sad about this war he talks about which we now know is the time yeah. war and he's super upset by it. you still don't know what the time war actually is and what occurred Did that like happened before this season started no because it sounds like it, from... it's an existence thing um but is it currently happening no but it happened before this took place technically no it happened afterwards technically no do you want me to tell you what happened oh because there's multiple dimensions no. right do you want me to tell you what happened because it gets explained, it's really cool. So I'd rather you watch it and we talk about it on the podcast. Okay. But all you need to know is it is a war that occurred in the Doctor's timeline. And in that war, terrible, terrible, terrible things happened. We know that in that war, it was the Daleks versus the Time uh-huh. Lords. Yeah. You've seen that far. Um, and th- it was amazing because you don't, you don't, they usually don't show the hero as a weak character in the mm-hmm. first episode. And in that moment, he, he literally, he cry screams. He's like, just it, they, they found out about the TARDIS. They think it's superior technology. They're scared. Please run. And then he looks back to the monster and says, I didn't do it. I was just trying to help. I couldn't save them. I couldn't save them. I couldn't save them. And like you see that genuine fear. And you'll, throughout the episodes, and as we talk together more, you'll realize why that happened. And not only do they show that weakness, but they show Rose literally swinging in to save him right and she's not yeah. even a real protagonist at this point but yeah let's go into let's be. go into rose so that's something i actually want to talk about um right right from that that exact point so rose shows her case as to why she's capable of saving the planet and why anybody could be the doctor's companion she has no job no college degree can't do anything but she passed gymnastics not with an a plus or with anything she passed gymnastics with a bronze, bronze. <laughs> the minimum you can do to get a, a medal in the end of the day, that's all you need to make a change in the planet. Anybody can do it. You don't have to be special. And yeah. I really, really like that point. It was such a small little thing. She walks over. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not good enough. But you know what? I got a bronze and I'm going to do something to change it. Mm-hmm. And she saves the doctor. She genuinely saves him 
which is super cool to see. That is a really good point. I didn't yeah. even think about it like that. Um, I just really admired her. And also this uh, episode made me realize how fearless she really is because up until now, I haven't really been paying super, super, super uh, close attention into like analyzing every movement and word that everyone says. But now that I am, I I am observing from the get-go how fearless and courageous she is, which yeah. is cool. And I like the point that you made that um, anyone can be Rose, right? You don't have to be a you don't have to have a, a special educational background. You don't have to be a super uh, uh, athlete. You don't have to be anyone extraordinary. You just have to have the will. To do, to do something or be yeah. somebody. I mean, uh, talking about that 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 fear that she doesn't have, right? At the very beginning of the episode, when Rose walks downstairs, goes into her superior's office, attempts to go into it, and sees the door is locked, right? And then she hears the banging, and she goes into the room full of plastic bangs. She freaks out. The doctor grabs her arm. That's it. She's running with a guy who's saving her. Her fear is gone at that point. So much so that he's about to blow up the building. She's like, no, who are you? What's going on? And he's like, toodaloo, we got to go. Boom. And she leaves and the building explodes. And she still wants to go back and save Mr. Wilson. Correct. She figure out what's going on, like what's up. So she gets scared like a normal human would. But she knows there's a time and place to freak out. And that's not in the middle of what's occurring. You need to be ready. And in the, this episode, she has... Uh, four or five separate occasion, occasions where she shows uh, true bravery. So, like, um, in the beginning with the scene with the mannequins becoming alive. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, with and she, you know, opens the door even though she knows that there's danger on the other side of that door. Yep. And uh, when she's trying to fix the cat door mm-hmm. <laughs> at her mom's apartment and she realizes the screws are loose, but she still sticks her hand through the cat door to figure out like what's on the other side. Yep. Um, when she's fighting the arms attacking her and there's a of course the awesome scene where she's trying to save the doctor from the nesting. Yeah. Which is cool. She she fights back. I mean uh, so just a notable mention of the episode. This episode and I hate this character and I love this character, but this episode introduces Jackie Tyler, which is Rose's <laughs> mom. And Jackie Tyler is an idiot and they honestly made a character that's just easy to get mad at. Yeah. Like so mad at. And at first I was hate watching her and but now I I'm I mean I like her, her but I I hate her. She's so annoying. Yeah. And like Jackie Tyler, it reacts like the normal everyday person would react. And that's why I think she's in this show. And I think that's that's why a lot of people like this are in this show. Mm-hmm. It's because you need somebody who's not who's not intelligent, who doesn't decide to do things for themselves, who's not brave, and someone who's just passive. And that's what Jackie Tyler is. There's a scene where uh, Jackie Tyler calls her daughter to tell her she got papers from the police. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. department for her to get reimbursement for the, what happened to her yeah. at her job. Then she's walking away, walking towards a shop and Rose call, starts talking to her saying, hey mom, no. She hears it but just says, oh I'm going to go to the shops. I'll see you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Hangs up. very selfish. Correct. And then take a look at the episode if you want. When she's inside of the shops, she goes down the escalator and then the mannequins come to life and start killing people. <laughs> Instead of going back up the escalator where she came down from, she runs around the escalator to go out another exit. Jackie, why? <laughs> and so because she leaves out of another exit, she leaves on an exit where all the shops are, and so just hundreds of mannequins are running out and murdering everybody and, like, shooting cars and all this stuff. And then mannequins come up to kill her, and she just freezes and just there like a deer in headlights. Yeah. They're walking so slow. 
so slow and she just freezes she's like ah, ah. <laughs> the other scene i really didn't like or that made me um dislike jackie moore was when she was trying to seduce the doctor uh in her bedroom and like she like this guy just walks into her flat and she's like oh trying to seduce him and i'm like yep. what lady are you crazy like <laughs> no i, th- I think I what it really like- shows is how alone she is yeah, and so you have to empathize. You have to you have to try to empathize with her, right? And for me, that wasn't until later in the season when I mm-hmm. when I empathize. And the funny part is, it wasn't really even her; it was someone else. No, but, but you see, you see what I mean, though, <laughs> by like that concrete feelings. Yeah. So right off the bat, that's why I love the writers of the show so much is that they show that Jackie Tyler needs somebody, even though her daughter is home. Her daughter was out working and with Mickey all the time. Mm-hmm. And so the a guy, attractive guy, yeah. comes in her home. He, she doesn't know why he's there. But she's like, hey, I don't know. Maybe something happened. I'm alone. You're yeah. alone. Like she just wants a boyfriend. We can be alone together. And <laughs> nope. He's like, nah, I'm good. Thanks. And then leaves her. Poor Jackie. Yeah, I know. Um, but they're a good, uh, they balance, balance each other out very well. Who, Jackie and, and who? And Rose. I think Jackie and the doctor balance each other out really well. For Rose, like mm-hmm. in yeah, mm-hmm. in comparison to Rose, or in relation to Rose, I should say. Yeah. Um, Let's go back into Rose here. Um, yeah. I, w- I want to talk about so Rose. We learn very quickly two things. Rose is very trusting, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that loyal. Yeah. She's a loyal person, yeah. But you could see that her trust is almost her trust is almost um, like it's like a hairline. You think so? Yeah, it's where she trusts very, very quickly. But as soon as the trust is broken, she's ready to act. She doesn't take time to break down. So when she went to uh, have lunch with Plastic Mini, Mickey, she was just like, all right, cool, you know, whatever. We're having lunch. As soon as she realized he's a robot, cool, I'm out. Bye, see ya. It's not like, wait, what's going on? What's happening? She only broke down and got sad when she got into the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. After she only breaks down when situations are safe she stays in the moment in the zone while everything's happening which is really really cool to see that's true but i'll never be able to get over the fact that she didn't recognize mickey look different as she as soon as she got in the car well i was thinking about this right so i've seen this episode about six times the first time i watched this i think was in 2010 and vfx weren't where they are today and that's all special effects makeup and that i think like you have to do what's called um not absolution of doubt uh whatever you have to basically give in to the show right if you think about it aliens never existed before mickey's already a weird dude like they introduced his weirdness at the water fountain where he thought it'd be funny to take a weird bite of a sandwich and it made her laugh and she liked it and so we don't really know where his his weirdness lies so maybe he's just a freak and he does weird stuff sometimes um we obviously knew he was a piece of plastic or you know not real yeah but if the vfx of the time it could be like oh yeah that's mickey he just looks a little strange maybe sweating or something that's true yeah i just can't help but think but if i got in the car and you were like extra shiny and extra like yeah you'd 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 know something was (laughs) i'd unlock the car door right away Uh um I also really like how loyal she is right off the bat with the doctor. So, uh, for example, the doctor in the elevator, I believe, tells her not to tell anyone. And mm-hmm. as soon as she gets home, her mom's throwing these questions at her. Uh, where were you? What did you see? And she's like, no, I was outside. I didn't see anything. Yep. Which we all know is not true. Um, but right off the bat, she had no problem 
uh, lying to her mom and Mickey about what she saw and where she was. Um, and she she continues this loyalty right throughout the whole episode with someone she just met. Yeah, I mean, I think she shows, she really, really shows that what matters to her is information and her desire is to constantly learn something else. So when she has this man who says, don't say anything to anybody, she doesn't say anything, but she doesn't say anything because she wants to find out more. And so she uses it against him. So when she looks him up and Googles him or whatever, and then she talks to him, she says, well, you won't want me to tell anyone, right? Then tell me what's going on or else I'm going to tell everybody. And then he was like, well, you're going to put lies at risk. She said, I'll tell everybody if you don't tell me what's going on. So he starts explaining her everything that's happening. So it, it, it seems for a second that she's like a crazy person who just listens to somebody's advice who just mm-hmm. blew up a building. But then they show, oh, she's not saying anything, not because she's afraid to say anything. It's because she wants to know exactly what's happening and knows that's her only card she can play. And so if she tells somebody, that's it. She loses all her cards, which I thought was such a smart little thing to throw in there. Do you remember what she introduced him as when uh, she invited him into the house? No idea. I think she introduced him as like the plumber or something like that. It was pretty funny. Maybe. Her mom is into workmen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like later on the the uh, season, they talk about like different boyfriends she has. Mm-hmm. They're all workmen, like a labor guy, all different types of workmen. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I like Rose. I I hope that I will always favor her the most, but we'll see. Yeah, I think only I, time will tell. I think Rose is is really really talented. I mean, the last thing I want to talk about real quick is how Rose shows her usefulness right off the bat. Um, like so, well, when they first go into the plastic space, she follows his instructions exactly mm-hmm. and leaves doesn't deviate from anything, doesn't try and get more information that's not required. And then when they get out of the TARDIS and she points out the dish to him, it's something that he would have gotten eventually, yes, but her being there means they found it way faster. And same thing down at the bottom. Like, the doctor wouldn't have died in the pit with the... Was it in the scene? The the yeah. plastic monster? Yeah. She, he would have figured a way out, but without her being there, he might have died and had to reincarnate. With her being there, she was able to help him out right right off the bat with no hesitation. Yeah. I mean, she was up there not knowing what to do. And then as soon as she had an idea in her head, even though Mickey tried to stop her, she just went for it. In a crazy, ironic way, she did for the doctor what he usually does for other people, Mm -hmm. right? If she wasn't there, he would have been dead. Yep. But because she was there, the whole situation changes, which is what the doctor does for everybody else. Yeah. He, he he's supposed to be there to save everyone and finally someone's there to save him um, the other thing that I like to track is when people try to um, ask the doctor like what his name is mm-hmm. and although the Rose, you said, uh, you told me at one time that she never actually says, like, Doctor Who. The phrase Doctor Who. Yeah, she, she never says that, that mm-hmm. phrase. Well, she does, um, but not to Eccleston. Oh, I think she did. I think she did in this episode. She, after he left the first time she saw him, Mm -hmm. she said, Doctor what? Correct. Not Doctor Who. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Specifically that phrase, Doctor Who. I believe to this day, Rose is is the only companion Companion. who never said Doctor Who. That's cool. Yeah, it's a nice little thing in there. And uh, we're going to be watching through the episode, so I could be wrong, and you guys already know that, but we'll be figuring that out. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about, Rose, was that um, you and I talked about this earlier, but I have this theory that she gets prettier as the show goes on. And I think I'm right because, like, this first episode, she had, like, and I don't know why. 
I do think this is like interesting. And I don't know if the writers did this on purpose or not, like for, to help build the audience's attachment to her in some way. Um, but like this episode, she was just wearing like baggy, loose clothing. Like she just, I don't, I don't know. Do you know what and it is? What? As the seasons go on, she makes more money. Oh, she got braces. Really? Her, yes, her teeth get straighter. She starts wearing more cleavage showing shirts. She wears more push-up bras. She stands straighter. Mm-hmm. And she wears she... more makeup. Oh. In but... this episode, in the beginning of the episode, she has acne. Oh, but did the writers do it on purpose, or was that her and her outside life just kind I'm of... I'm going to assume it was her, because I'm not wrong. Let me look it up real quick. Um, but I believe that this is her, like, third or fourth role in a thing. Oh. I don't think she had a long career before this. But I can't be the only person talking about this. I know other people have noticed this, too. She's hot, man. I think a lot of people probably talk she's, about her. I think she's gorgeous. I I think that as the season goes on, mm-hmm. they complement her looks more and more with the clothes she wears, the way she stands, the way she acts, and she gets more confident, right? Like yeah. right now she's a little mm, barely insecure just because this is all new to her and we're new to her we're new to seeing her mm-hmm. um, but as she gets more confident and you know has her uh, jokes and um, you know flirty moments with the doctor uh, that shines through as like attractiveness too I think what, what I like about her though is that she doesn't so w- while she does have those moments of uh, like insecurity and not being confident she doesn't show it to the doctor she shows it to the audience and to her close family but not mm-hmm. to the doctor like she showed her fear to Mixie, uh, Mixie, to Mickey when mm-hmm. she ran over to him and make sure he was okay and she was so worried about him blah 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 then as soon as she goes back with the doctor stone face not worried about what's going on that's true she runs up to the the TARDIS they're kind of together huddled freaking out a little bit then she stands up for the doctor stone face I'm ready to take into action which is one of the reasons I think that he liked her so 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 much a quick side note go for while it. you're looking that up um when we were watching the show they have this like trivia sidebar <laughs> and um one piece of trivia that i really liked was that this is the only episode where the doctor explains the tardis or he uh, sp- mm, explains the acronym uh as the time and what's the r stand for Relative. Time and relative dimension in space. So this is the only episode where dimension is singular, and then every other episode, it, when he explains what the TARDIS is, dimension is plural. Is that what it said in the trivia? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. It's so interesting, and so that makes sense, right? Because later on we learn there's more than one dimension Yeah. and all that good stuff. But this is the only episode where he s- states dimension as singular. Yeah, so I just looked up here so we could see. Um, so in... Her career of working, she's credited for two things in 1996, which she or she's uncredited. She was just a background extra. Um, she has two things in 1999. One thing in 2003, she was on one episode of a TV show. Uh, she was in a TV movie in 2004. She was in a movie called The Calcium Kid in 2004, but she is on the third. She's the thirtieth credited person in the movie. Darn. So she's far down on the. You would think she'd be in more things. Do you think? Well, she'd again, be more she was very young though. This is 2004. 
Oh, this okay. episode was filmed oh, in 2005. Right before. Okay. Correct. That's what I'm trying to say. This is where her career actually started. Then in 2005, she's in Things to Do Before You're 30, Spirit Trap, Shakespeare's Told, Doctor Who Christmas Special, Children in Need, Sally Lockhart Mysteries, and the Masterpiece Classic. Oh, good for her. That's so awesome. Doctor Who pushed her through everything. This is why people know her, not anything else. And so that's why you get to experience this change because she was in a bunch of stuff from 2006 to 2013, which is when she was in Doctor Who. She was in everything. Also, everything. Is she brunette? Naturally? Yeah. No, she's blonde. Oh, okay. She's dirty blonde in the episode and then she turns full blonde later on. Oh, okay. But yeah, her hair color does, does change. Well, I saw like a picture of her. I don't know if it was in the trivia thing or where it was, mm-hmm. but she was brunette. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah. I gotcha. Um, in real life, I actually believe she f- switches it up like consistently. That's cool. Yeah, she her just changes whatever she wants. Her name's Billy, the actress. Billy Piper. She's currently a redhead right now. Whoa. Yeah. But she's a natural dirty blonde. That's cool. What Good for heck? her. She was married to Chris Evans <gasps> for six years? No way. Oh, no, that not that Chris Evans. <laughs> Some other guy named Chris a, Evans. A much older gentleman named Chris Evans. He's like a 43-year-old dude. How old was she when she did the show? Um, She was born in 82, so she's 34 oh, now. Oh, okay. show started in 2005, so what, 8, 10, 18, 24? Oh, good for her. Yeah. She's she, a good actress. 24, 25, and she was playing a 19-year-old, so she was she was good uh, yeah. at that age. And then she married this other British actor, and now they're divorced. Interesting. Anyways, that's Billy Piper. I feel like we stated a lot of good, interesting facts about Billy Piper and Rose. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting character. And then uh, I don't know if you have any final points, but I do have a couple things I want to talk about real quick. Not with Rose. Before we round up. Uh, Okay, yeah, go for your next thing. Oh, okay. Did you have comments on Rose? No, no, no. This is to wrap up the episode. Okay. These are more um, like thoughts about the show's arc and. Yeah, go for it. Different things going on. But. Go for it. Let's see. Okay, so in the beginning of the episode, the doctor talks about a war that is going on. Like he's so um, he and Rose are walking down the alleyway, and uh, the doctor's like basically outright telling her like there's a war going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's all this extraterrestrial life that she has no idea exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, f- I kind of went down this uh, tangent and my thoughts about like, are all these species, I know, she, and then I know they jump back and forth in time, but are these species like fighting for territory or power? Like what do they want? You know, some of them, so they're all different, right? So the plastic monster was just seeking a home. A home, but in order to have that home, they didn't want to share it with anyone else. So they wanted to kill everybody. Um, a lot of people are just seeking shelter. A lot of planets have been exploded and don't exist anymore. And Earth, and this is something that he oh, talks that's about, right. Earth has materials and resources that nowhere else has. Earth is very, very important. People billions of light years away have heard about Earth. Because, uh, for example, in real life, right? Still to this day, Earth is the only place that has water mm-hmm. uh, H2O in a liquid form for the majority of the planet. Mm. Most places, water exists only as ice, ice or yeah. as a gas. And the places that they believe have water, they have no no actual idea if it is water or not. Like mm-hmm. the, what are they calling it? Planet X or Planet New Earth? The one that they found that's 25 light years away? Yeah. It's like the closest 
habitable planet as far as we know they don't know if it's water or acid so you know like um so that's that's the thing yeah you know but like the doctor talks about that in later episodes but he also talks about it here is like there people want this planet and they need to know it's protected by somebody and that's what he's there for Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to be though and that's something we will see throughout the entire arc yeah, of the like story. Is he is obsessed with humans, and he always what's has been. in it for him. Is it because he's like part human? It, no, he's not at all. It's, it could be his fetish, honestly. Oh, like he likes humans. I thought time lords evolved from humans and something else. No, oh. no, no, no. Time lords are their own species race that existed completely outside of humanity. Then why do they look like humans? Why do other species look like humans? Just because. That's evolution. Time Lords happen to look like humans and have two hearts. There are also a lot of others, but the, um, the freaking, um, the, we gotta remember these alien names. The rhinoceros monsters. Oh, yeah. They look like rhinos. Yeah. They have no relations to rhinos whatsoever. Just. The doctor actually doesn't even call them rhinos until he goes into the um, special area to talk about to the other alien he's like these weird rhino looking things (laughs) but he didn't even point it out because we would see them as rhinos to him he sees them as their race so that that's thing it's just things evolve strangely um something that you said earlier in answer to my question um the lady that she she's invading Earth because she can't go back home or else something will happen to her if she goes back home. Mm-hmm. Which we see in a future episode, which yeah. we'll talk about. But that's another example of like what why species are contacting Earth or inhabiting Earth. We're also very weak. Um, if you've noticed, a lot of... We are weak? Yeah, humans. Earth, yeah. Humanity in, in general. A lot of episodes oh. that focus on humanity... Um, until a certain episode where you see a weapon created by Torchwood exists, humanity has shown no resilience against alien kind. They have no power over them. Aren't they also like oblivious? Well, yeah, they're also they have also have no idea. Every other planet, so the Earth is so new in terms of planets, right? The mm-hmm. Earth is only four billion years old, and humans have only inhabited it for a couple million years. In in the grand scheme of things, right? Yeah. Like any form of human, and so we have evolved so slowly, and our technology is so slow because we're such a new planet. There's a lot of episodes where you'll see the Doctor defending Earth and saying they're new, they're just starting out, they haven't even figured out, blah blah blah. Let them live. Let them show you what they can be. Yeah. He cares so much about humanity. And then in actually in the next episode that we're going to be talking about next week, where we get to see the end of planet Earth, there is a, a species that's a tree. And it talks about her, her ancestors were first found on planet Earth. Mm, she's, yeah. she's a sentient tree species that evolved from Earth trees. So the uh, earth is important to everything. So I wonder if, because uh, earlier you told me that, I asked you a question about like what happens if um, the doctor has like a baby with a human mm-hmm. and you said I'll find out in a later episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if the if the doctor's obsessed with planet earth because his like previous wife or something was human. And that's All of his companions have been human. He's never had a not human companion but he still needs like a initial interest in humans like he needs a reason why to love humans yeah. unless it's like he's obsessed 
He's he's obsessed. There is an overall arching villain of Doctor Who, which you will find out later. But that that villain talks about it multiple times. Is it Torchwood related? Nope. Bad Wolf related? Nothing. None of that. It, it is a just oh, this a is crazy. yeah. It's a villain that you don't get to see for a while because you need to know a lot about the Doctor. But wow. that villain brings it up twice, two specific cases. Why? Why do you care so much about humans? Hmm. And both times that villain is trying to erase humanity because the villain wants the Doctor's attention and the Doctor cares too much about humans, and so the villain just wants to wipe it out. All right, so we're getting to about. We're about 45 minutes in. Okay. You want to do some closing thoughts and we'll go from there? Uh, yeah, I, just, I have really like one last go for question. Um, so you said earlier that there were Bad Wolf references in this episode? There were, yes. I missed it. I tried looking for them. I missed it. They're very subtle in the first episode. So the Doomsday song. Oh, okay, okay. It's the Bad Wolf song. Oh. Plays twice in this episode. Okay. It plays the first time when Rose walks away from the TARDIS, and it plays the second time when the TARDIS sound starts going off. Mm. Uh, so the first time she walks away, and the second time the sound starts going off. Okay. So they had this this entire thing planned out from episode one. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go back and rewatch it so I can listen to it. Rose has four names. She has Rose Tyler, Rose, The Moment, and Bad Wolf. That's her name, the Bad Wolf? She has four names <clears throat> that Rose is. Like, Rose is four people. Why is she the Bad Wolf? She's the Bad Wolf? Okay, so this is why you have to watch these episodes and pay attention. <laughs> so you guys are going to get to experience Suzanne re-experiencing the Bad Wolf. Because it seems like she's completely else. forgot what this is. But who called her the Bad Wolf? You're going to find out later, is what you're going to find out. So Rose Tyler, you have met. Rose Tyler, we met today. Rose Tyler is a girl who had no idea what to do with her life. No inhibitions, no, uh, sorry, no inhibitions. She had no ambitions. She had no inhibitions because she didn't do anything, but she had no ambitions for anything greater and didn't know that anything was possible. Tomorrow we meet Rose. Next week's episode, we get to meet Rose and discover who is Rose. The moment is something you have yet to discover. So you'll find out why she's called the moment later. And then Bad Wolf is something we will talk about together because it seems like you don't remember. Well, I, I remember nope. a lot of things Bad Wolf related. Nope, you don't remember the most important thing. Does Torchwood name I, her that? I don't want to get into it at all. I always I, thought it was someone else. I don't want to get into it at all because it's going to be more exciting for you to relive it for the first time. Now that we're doing this podcast together, you'll actually pay attention to every detail instead of the overall arching story. And I think it'll be more beneficial to you. Um, Torchwood is a very specific thing. And we will probably do an offshoot where we'll do an extra episode every week about Torchwood where we'll watch Torchwood together with the show from the point that Torchwood started. Torch, oh, Torchwood yeah, is spin-off. a different, it's a spinoff, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it did well. I think it only had three seasons, though. But Torchwood is, Torchwood is a concept. It's an idea. It's also a company. It's also a building. It's also a lot of things. So we got to take a look at it that That's way. That's so cool. Yep. Any, any last points there for you? Nope. Not for me. All right. The last thing I wanted to talk about is just um, kind of the overall arching story of this first episode. We see, and this is the, this is something me and you had a lot of fun talking about. We're going to talk about cheating. And we're going to talk about Rose and Mickey. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, Rose, uh, quote unquote, loves Mickey. 
They've been together for a few times. We know they banged. They already talked about that. They already made hints and jokes at that. Mickey talks about how she's excited for any excuse to get in the bedroom. He knows as soon as she comes over, that's what they're going to do. He doesn't know that she's trying to look up something on the computer or anything like that. He's like, okay, I'll go get some stuff ready, basically. Then we get to see, the, like, well, in the beginning, we see them kissing and, and having fun at the, the park, whatever, the, um, what's that thing called? The fountain. Yeah. And then they go to, to the house together to go to the, the guy's house to go discover stuff. And she talk, calls him her boyfriend. Calls him her boyfriend. And then uh, Mickey gets kidnapped by the plastic thing. She goes to see Mickey. They go out to dinner yeah. together. She calls him her boyfriend. In the TARDIS, she calls Mickey her boyfriend. Everything. At the very end of the episode, she walks up to him and say, says, thanks for everything. And then he says, thanks for what? And she says, exactly. And that's when she leaves. Savage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, right when they get out of the TARDIS, after they just fixed everything, the, the, the plastic monster is dead, everything. Mickey gets runs against a trash can because he's freaking out about the TARDIS. And he like sits down or whatever, lays down. He kind of hits it. She walks over to them like, fat load of good you were. Immediately. She's like, you didn't do anything to help me at all. You're supposed to protect me, and you did nothing, basically. And to be fair, in, in a relationship, both people are supposed to protect each other, not sit there and cower and do nothing. Yeah. And so she's just like, all right, cool. Well, screw you, basically. And then she takes the doctor's invitation to leave. And she she, she insults him and then says, I'm good, I'm out. And Bye. then leaves. <laughs> and I love it because it shows, one, Rose just like the doctor only cares about her own interests mm-hmm. she does care about the greater picture but she will not let something else interfere with her ambition to learn something new and to to explore but it's kind of one of those things when like your whole life you've only known like x and y and uh-huh. then all of a sudden you're introduced to z mm-hmm. and z is so much better and different than x and y and you're like how can you not yeah i mean i give her a pass offer. that i feel like that's the only way that i ever be okay with someone cheating on me it's like oh you're cheating well, on me with an alien from another planet all right i get it that's cool I totally understand. Like, we're done, but no. I totally get it. I mean, I mean, this is like a whole other different subject and po- potentially a podcast. But. I mean, but I'd be, I'd be totally cool with that. I'd be like... No, but you should... It. Like, in real life, one should be more diplomatic about it, right? Nah. Like, I, that's what I think. But um, I can't be too, too, too mad at her be just because, like, she, her whole life she's been with Mickey, who's like... Not even her whole life. They've only been dating for, uh, I think, some time later they talk about it. It's only been like a year or two. Well, up until now, she's been with Mickey, who's like average boyfriend. He's material. a loser. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's fun like, though, and he cares. Yeah, and he he cares, but um, could he put more effort into it? Yeah. Like for example, when she um, she was when they're in the apartment and she was in trouble, and then now now they're kind of thinking about what to do. And he's like, well, "Why don't we go to the game? Let's go watch the game." Well, no, he said, "Let's go to the bar. Let's get you something stronger." Then T, you need something stronger. Oh, and then yeah. she asks, is there a game on? Because she knows him. Yeah. And it was like a little playful banter thing. And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay, go enjoy the watch game. Which is cool. That's nice of her to do that. To be fair, she also didn't seem like she was distressed at all. Whatsoever. You know? Yeah. So it seemed like they had like a relationship. They knew what was going on kind of thing. But then she leaves him. And I get, I'm very excited. And the, the reason that you can kind of tell that I'm smiling while talking about this is this develops further. And we see a lot more instances where Rose is a terrible, terrible person and to Mickey. So, like, we had this inside, Gabe and I have this inside joke because I, from the get-go, accused Mickey of being a bad boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so, every episode, I'm like, see, he's a terrible boyfriend. And then we see, like, Rose and the doctor, like, a year after all of this. And I'm like, see, 
Bad boyfriend, Mickey. Nope. Rose is such a horrible, <laughs> horrible girlfriend. I give her a pass for it. I do. I give her a pass for it. However, she's a terrible person to Mickey. Yeah, she is pretty mean. And that's why I'm saying, right? She should have... Well, she didn't really have time to end things with Mickey because she had to she make She totally a did. She just kissed him and walked away. She could have been like, hey, doctor. Yeah, I'm going to come with you. Give me one second. He would have been like, fine. He would have been totally cool with yeah, it. Yeah, He but... wanted her in that ship so badly. I bet you he would have waited like two days. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I have to... I have to put her at fault for not... Because, I mean, like, I don't know. I think it could have... In, if it was all real life, I think it could have been handled a little bit better where Mickey's not waiting around for years and years. But, of course, like, in the show, it, it does make a good, like, storyline. Well, that's what this. I'm saying. Like Love it, triangle I, thing. I fully give her a pass. I agree with you on that. I give her a pass on what she did. However, she did add insult to injury. Yeah. Not only did she leave him, but the last thing she said to him was, exactly. Thanks for what? <laughs> exactly. You did nothing. <laughs> You worthless piece of garbage, and then left. That's basically um, what happened. But back to our original point, as far as so what? oh, so like with with um with Rose, right? So like up until now, she's had Mickey and her mom, mm-hmm. who are both not very strong people and mm-hmm. not uh, like heroes or people she can really look up to in her life, right? Correct. She's been the strongest person of the three, and then all of a sudden. This new person comes in who's uh, confident, strong, heroic, mm-hmm. and who is superior 40. to her level, right? Like mm-hmm. she, like he takes her to a whole another level when it comes to being like an alpha person, oh, alpha yeah. male, and um, so that's why it's so easy, and she's so quick for her to jump with the opportunity to join this person on this crazy adventure. No, again, I don't. You don't have to keep. Giving her the benefit of the doubt. I agree with her decision. It doesn't make her not a bad person, though. No, I still think she's at fault. Yeah, she's definitely at fault. But she did the right thing. She made the right choice. It just meant she had to break a few hearts along the way. Yeah. But I just think... And also, Mickey's dumb for, like, waiting a whole, like, year, whatever it is, for her Well, is he dumb or is he in love with her? Okay, he's in love with her. Yeah, that's that's a much different thing. I just wish... You know? In real life, I wish Mickey would have been like, you know what? I'm gonna live my own life and then he goes off and lives his own life but I don't think you remember the next episode very well because he does go and live his own so we're gonna go ahead and talk about that <laughs> in the next episode if you wanna go ahead and wrap it up I think we'll be good to go in a minute sure yeah um well I think we talked about a lot of things the Dr. Rose and kind of like overarching themes um but we're going to be doing this every week we're gonna be uh, meeting and talking about the, uh, an episode of Doctor Who. So, um, where can people find this? So this this is only going to be on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay. So if you're here, you've already found it. You don't need to find it any other way. But if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe down below. If you're using any podcast app at all, Overcast, um, the podcast app, uh, iCast, Instacast, anything, you can always subscribe. So go ahead and subscribe to receive notifications. If you can, if you want to rate and review it and give us a comment, that would be helpful so we know what to fix for next time and know what you like and dislike. And if you have anything else that you would love to let us know, you can feel free to contact us on either of our Instagrams. Mine is at Gabe Barbosa. Mine is at Suzanne M. Santos. And I think that go ahead and does it for yep. the first episode of Every Person's Woo-hoo. Guide to Doctor Who. It's awesome. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.